0: June is Pride Month, a time to celebrate LGBTQ plus people and the impact they have on history on an international, national, and yes, local level. So this final week of June, we're taking time to focus our local lens by hearing stories directly from our Moab community members. We're revisiting season one of Lift Up, LGBTQ plus visibility. We'll hear about being gay and non-binary in outdoors communities, how this rural area can inspire, and also feel limiting. And we'll hear about protecting and celebrating queer joy in our community. And just a brief reminder on context, this first season of Lift Up was produced in 2021, shortly after a homicide of a local queer couple rocked our community. In fact, this is the whole reason we have this program— We recognized that this radio station plays a role in deepening understanding and empathy within our community. Some of our interviewees mention this tragedy in their pieces. Okay, here's Ginger Cyan with an introduction to this episode. Sam is an organizer, writer, and outdoorsman based in southern Utah. His work seeks the connection and coincidence of progressive leadership, rural autonomy, and community resilience. He is fueled by the instance that things truly splendid will inevitably eclipse the traumatic rot of our time. May it be our job to amplify and perpetuate all the very good things we live among.
1: For me, being outdoors, being in the wilderness, and uh, connecting with my body through sport is one of the most affirming uh, ways that I have to live. I'm Sam Van Wetter. I'm 27 years old. Uh, I grew up on the front range of Colorado. My folks live there currently, um, yeah, so Colorado is, was, was my home. If you had asked me when I was graduating college if I expected to end up in a town of 5,000 permanent residents in the desert, I wouldn't have predicted that. because I, I yeah, I loved metropolitan areas when I was in college. I lived in Berlin and London and San Francisco and and, and wanted to be in those spaces. Um, but as my uh, recreative life and my wilderness life has become uh, more a part of who I am, I have actively pushed against the notion that in order to be young and queer and happy and successful and fulfilled, you have to live in a city. I, I don't think that's true. And I think that is a narrative that's pushed on us um, by a lot of queer media. You know, it's it's uh, queer life in, in a lot of media is inextricable from from going out and from brunching and from drag shows and from parades. And, and we have those, we have those in our small towns on occasion, but, um, I believe in the rural resilience of queer people. And I think that wild spaces are inherent to who we are as people. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm living in opposition to what a lot of 20 something year old gay men are doing and i i wouldn't do it any differently i yeah i i get get overwhelmed elsewhere finding spaces where where the possibilities of where our bodies can take us are far greater than the limitations that gender sets on us that can create an open space of expression and of freedom Um, and, and, I mean, the desert is gay as hell. It's like, yeah. I think mountains are for are for people who, like, want to get on top of something, you know? They're like, I want to get up and I want to get a view and I, I want a peak bag and I, I need the summit whereas deserts are for folks who want to know something deeper and want to want to explore canyons and want you know and want to want to uh, let themselves become a part of a landscape rather than just getting on top of something i'm a cis white gay man um i identify as queer but um i I find that to be a Umbrella to stand under, whereas if I'm checking a box, I am gay. Um, and my self knowledge, my public knowledge kind of went hand in hand. I've been gay for a really long time. I came out to my parents when I was 13 years old. I had a first boyfriend around the same time. I went to a fabulous uh, arts magnet school in middle and high school. And um, it was just, I mean, it was, it, it, it was. Uh, it was normative, almost, like, like, it, it was a space that, um, that, yeah, that, that folks really had permission to express themselves through art, and, uh, through dress, and also through, uh, identity and sexuality, um, so I had access to that self-knowledge from a really early age, and that is certainly a privilege that I have, um, that I have benefited from. I've worked in the ski industry, I've worked as a guide. I, I, yeah, I I spend so much of my time uh, doing activities that kind of exist in the cult of male heteronormativity, you know, My, my favorite bars and my favorite ski towns are not are not queer places. They're not places that I look around and I'm like, oh, I could go home with someone tonight because my, my default assumption is that, that most, most all men in woodies on any given night are going to be, it's going to be a straight guy. Like it, it's, it's not, it's not something that I can assume about people. So every once in a while I'll end up in Denver and uh, San Francisco for Pride or for for a, some event like that, and it is it is a great relief to walk into publicly homo normative spaces to hit on people without uh, the threat of rejection or worse. I have found. Um, I think edges of a queer community here in Moab. Um, There are some fabulous queer elders in town, folks who have lived in these places unapologetically and fully uh, for a really long time who don't have the same millennial headiness that I do about identity. Um, And a lot of my queer elders uh, came out much later in life. Um, I've, I've got some great friends who are men in their sixties, seventies, eighties, um, who had they come out at the same age I did, they might've well died in the AIDS crisis. And so having that kind of perspective of, um, of a later, uh, sexual realization being a life-saving measure to them, um, ha- totally has changed my perspective on, on young coming out privilege. I experience queer joy when, um, when I meet tourists who come through town and they kind of say, oh, this must be a hard place to live, or don't you miss, like, having a gay bar, or how do you meet people, and, uh, I'm able to have a conversation and demonstrate the ways in which I've divorced myself from, um... From these assumptions of what what a gay man in their twenties ought to be doing, or where they ought to be living, or what sort of work uh, they ought to have, and so it's it's an act of visibility, and in some ways it's an act of like uh, selfishness, you know, of, of me making a life that I am most content with and most proud of uh, without feeling adherent to. Um, those expectations or those frameworks I find moments of queer joy when uh, people come out to me on chairlifts, and that's happened to me a couple times where uh, either people I work with or people I ski with regularly are like Hey Sam, just so you know, this is something I'm learning about myself, and I'd like you to know too. And that that's that's super meaningful. That makes my existence in these spaces it it validates me in a way that um, I don't I don't wish to center it on me because it's their journey. But the fact that they feel an ability to share that is is really is really touching and special to me. In terms of Rural organizing. I think my queerness has informed my work because I believe in rural autonomy, and uh, that's something I work for. I believe in food sovereignty, um, and I believe in representation. And sometimes that is purely uh, something that's on a ballot. You know the, the uh, in our in our work we are working to make sure all all folks who speak Navajo can get a ballot in Navajo but it also means that that folks can vote for and fight for issues that will help a broader swath of people rather than just people who look like you, live where you do um, and think like you do I think more than anything my Queerness has allowed me to um, work harder for the things that I want and the things that I want all folks to have access to, um, and, and it's allowed me to use my privilege in a way that um, expands far beyond myself. I think uh, radical acts of visibility are only possible in places where where we are not the norm, and we have to lean into that and and make that a part of our daily lives, not just something that's celebrated a month of the year. Um, yeah. So dance harder, hug your friends harder. Um, yeah. Be less apologetic and, and goodness will follow.
0: We just heard a piece from Season 1 of Lift Up LGBTQ Plus Visibility. That interview was conducted by Ginger Cyan and was edited by Sarah Mead. We'll be revisiting all of Season 1 this week in the newscast, but you can find episodes right now at kzmu.org under the Special Projects tab. There you'll also find Season 2 of Lift Up, which is ongoing. Thanks for listening.